Hello and welcome to the Book Table podcast, your audio book club. I'm Fee and I'm joined here today with Annie. Hi. And Sophie. Hey. And in this episode, we are gathered around to discuss about book adaptations to the screen. Big screen, small screen, just screens in general, I think. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about how do you feel about books being adapted to <laughs> books in general? I was like, that is a loaded question for a book podcast. <laughs> I just... How do you feel about books? Strong pro, you know? <laughs> Tap Chen as a general concept. Books, good. Yeah, imagine imagine we we started a podcast basically about something we just didn't like, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say. Does anyone else get really nervous when like a beloved book is going to be adapted? It, That's what oh, I'm yeah. get, trying to get at. Oh. What, how do you feel when you hear your a book that you enjoy is about to get adapted to either a TV series or a film? Are you secretly casting actors in your head? You know, no. are you part of the process? I don't, I don't imagine actors. I don't know enough celebrities. to know who I could cast (laughs) yeah I feel like if I wanted to have a conversation about casting a favorite book of mine I'd talk to you Fee because you're the only person I know (laughs) who I could like be like what I'm looking for is a celebrity who's like short but in a talk you Mm. know you know these things um sometimes though just as a exercise I get my students when we're studying Shakespeare plays to like cast them like if it was was BBC adaption because I think it's a really good way to think about to think about what a character is and what you're looking at and I just realized it's so ironic I make them do that and then at the same time that exercise would scare the living daylights out of me I would have no ability to do it myself (laughs) I think they made us do that in school like I'm fairly certain we did that at least once we had to like cast a Shakespeare play ourselves I don't know oh I think we did I think we saw so many Shakespeare like adaptations whether it was on as a play itself or um the the did you ever do the Romeo and Juliet comparing the Baz Luhrmann film and the 1970 film I think with Olivia Hussey is it Olivia Hussey maybe I remember when we did Romeo and Juliet, so I can't remember if we did that exercise. I can't remember the 19... I can only remember the Baz Luhrmann one. I can't really remember the old one, actually. I think the Baz Luhrmann one is very memorable, and the uh, it's an Italian director who did the one in the 70s, and it's very sort of quaint-looking. But what I will say is that ask any Shakespeare scholar and they will tell you that the Baz Luhrmann one is so textually accurate. It is line for line the most text accurate Shakespeare adaption on film that has ever been done, really. It is. But I think that brings up a very important question, which is, is accuracy what you're looking for in an adaption? Mm, that is a good question, actually. Um, well, I, I think about the films that I love um that have been adapted from books and I would say up there would probably be Little Women and Little Women the Greta Gerwig one in 2019 that didn't really stay true to the book um but I enjoyed it 
might I even add more than the book? And I know Annie <laughs> is staring at me going, how dare you? I, 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 before I, before I, um, make a final judgment on that mm. opinion, I, I need some background information. So first of all, did you read the book? Yes, I did. Like yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of them, little women, good wives, Joe's boys. No, just little women. Little women and good wives or just, just little, little women? women? Just the book, little women. Did they get married? No. Yeah. Little Women is the first book, but that that film was an adaption of the first two books, Little Women and Good Wives. There are more. Yeah, yeah. I only ever read the first one because I got it in like a collection of classic kids literature little box thing. Yeah, I, I so got it from. A if you if it finished when Father came back from the war, that's Little mm. Women. Yeah, that's where I finished. If it finished when Joe married the professor, it's Little Women and Good Wives. And if it tells the story of Joe and the professor starting the school, it's also got um, Joe's boys and, oh, the one after Joe's boys. Right. Number two, have you seen the 90s film? No, I haven't. Okay. Don't you. I'm not judging you. I you just, I'm surprised me. that someone, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I am, I don't want to be like this. Oh, Annie. But I think the film did a lot of very good things with what is some fairly old fashioned old material. Mm. And I will say, I, I've always thought Amy March was the best March sister. Did she? That's really controversial. Oh, Joe is such. Which one's uh, Amy? Amy's the youngest one. Is Amy? Oh, okay, okay. I, okay, yeah. I, know I, I think Joe is irritating. I mean, Amy obviously shouldn't have burnt Joe's manuscripts. But I once read an article that summed up all of my feelings about Joe, which is that, you know, young women women who are writers will often say to you oh you know joe march made me want to be a writer but if you were a kid and reading little women you were probably always going to be a writer you know so but amy has always been the most interesting one to me if i know i'm gonna watch a film i don't watch the trailer really yeah, if I'm on the fence about a film, if I'm not sure if I want to watch something, I'll watch the trailer. But in general, I find trailers ruin the experience of a film. I sound so, like, <laughs> curmudgeonly. I don't like adaption. I don't like trailers. Everything ruins everything. <laughs> Have no expectations. Life's steady beat of crap will never disappoint you. I'm a really optimistic person, generally. But I like, I, I don't watch trailers if I love a book and so I'm going to watch the film, the trailer will only make me the, the trailer will only make me more nervous and I'd rather go into it completely blind you know, I think it's the same thing with you and not looking at too much by casting announcements, things, things like that, I want to go in completely blind and judge yeah. the film on the film I see mm -hmm. I do like the trailer because then it kind of 
I like having my expectations, I guess, adjusted a bit ahead of time, I think is where I'm at. Like, not too much in advance, but I just like, that trailer is like, okay, I know if I'm gonna, I feel like I know if I'm gonna like this or not, and therefore I can get all my emotions mm. in order before I start yeah. watching it. I feel like, though, that usually books will peak when a film adaptation has been already made. And they start replacing the covers of the books with the actors instead of the drawings. I hate that. I hate that. My least favorite thing. I, it's God. I only ever want to own a book that has its own cover. I hate film covers of books. Yeah, like, no, me too. <laughs> I think it's so tacky. Okay, so so at least we're agreed on that. And they're never good quality. Please. No, they're not. Like, I always think the quality of like the print of a book you know the paper the cover all of that gets worse when you have a film adaption cover um so that reminded me of something something I saw the other day when I was driving back from work so I was on the M25 and I saw just an arrow and I thought that can't be Katniss Everdeen and then I was and it was this truck like the front body of a truck Mm -hmm. completely painted in Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss Everdeen. Like, realistically. 2021. <laughs> yeah, in 2021. I Hold think on it must... An advert or a tribute? It was a tribute. It was like, Ooh. it was like something else. I think it was a truck that, truck head that must have been for like a tour maybe or something that was to do with promotion of it. But it's now been recycled for another another thing i don't know or that or the um or the driver is just a really big fan of the hunger game real big fan real big fan yeah love jennifer lawrence Mm -hmm. anyway so that's my little anecdote um so what about when the film gets it right like what is can you think of any examples of when a film gets it right Whenever a film comes out of a book I know I love, I reread the book before I let myself see the film. Even if you've read it, like, before? Yes, always. Especially if I've read it before. Why? Long silence. Explain your choices, <laughs> Annie. I have a horrible feeling it's... To help me confirm my prejudices, you know, I can go in and be like, I know exactly what happens and I can see what you're doing wrong. No, I I like to be reminded of a story. I I want to know what I'm, ah, oh, maybe it's just a terrible habit. Trying to go in with full ammunition. Yeah, I, I just think it's, I like to be reminded of what's going on. Oh, of the book. Yeah. Of the actual story. I, right. I want I want to have a really clear sense of what the book is before I see a film because I want to be able to differentiate between them. Oh. And when I say differentiate between them, I don't mean I'm going in like, I want to know what you did different so I can tell people it was wrong. But I do want to remember. <laughs> I don't like when it's been ages since you read a book and you go see the film and you don't know what's the book and what's just your bad memory. You know what I mean? I do get that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
so I think, uh, but I do sometimes think, uh, is the books and films thing a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? In what way? I mean, I suppose the worry always is, do I prefer books to films or do I set myself up to judge the film against the book? Whereas I go into the book with no expectations. You know what I mean? Mm. Wow, we're doing some real therapy work here with our book habits. <laughs> I will say, I I um I prefer I I loved the Greta Gerwig film. I don't want you yeah. to think I don't like it. I think it was mm. great. <laughs> I didn't like some of the choice. Okay, so the best thing about it is that Amy has always been my favorite March sister. And I think this was a great yeah, Joe is annoying. As an irritating little You found Joe annoying. Not in the film, just in general, Joe is annoying. I find her annoying in retrospect. Like I you know, I was one of those people that identified too much with Joe. And now I'm looking mm. back on it like, oh no, that's my I'm not like other girls' mentality type thing going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I sure. see, I as a kid was very much like other girls, and Amy to me was the coolest March sister, and Joe was I don't know. Um, it also probably didn't help that as a child reading the books, I had such a huge crush on Laurie. Um, Who didn't? Who didn't? Yeah. I feel like it, the film did well by Amy, um, yeah. which is great. I didn't like Joe, the, the way they ended it for Joe. In the, in the film? Yeah, I didn't like the whole like mystery of does she actually get married or did she just write that to make the book? Like, well, I think that was it was a film's way of ending it, and almost for the people who I think it was a way of kind of making everybody happy. So, for the people who are rooting for Joe to get her dream, achieve her dream, and actually stand for what she believes in which is that she doesn't want to be a housewife. She doesn't really like the idea of marriage. But in that, you know, famous scene with Saoirse where she's like, women, women have souls and minds and not just hearts. And, but I'm, but, and then she ends it with saying, but I'm so lonely. And I think for people who felt and didn't want her to be lonely anymore, it was a way of kind of, that happy medium of she's found someone that gets her but perhaps she's not married to him I don't know I so for me the thing about the professor is that he the in the book to me the thing that makes him it's not that she's against marriage it's that she's against sort of patriarchal marriage in 19th century America and he's willing to marry her but you know make he he wants to marry her but he's keen that she keep writing and he sets up a school with her and he respects her and he you know I I just I think the point that the book makes is that she didn't have to have lowered standards she could (laughs) there was someone out there who wanted to respect her I mean I'm not saying that Laurie wouldn't have but she didn't want to marry Laurie you know but but I think the reason she didn't want to marry Laurie is because she knew that Laurie wanted 
a wife and Joan knew she could never be that for him and that was a way of her affection saying I love you enough to not want to put you through that and not want you to to see me or or hate me for that of being who I am perhaps I mean so that was my big problem with the film my other problem with the film is completely stupid and nitpicky is it the costumes it's not the costumes although I have you know I have heard a lot about the costumes but I'm not an expert you know Mm. I think the thing about the costumes is if you know a lot it'll probably break your immersion but it didn't for me because I know nothing (laughs) Timothy Chalamet does not look old enough to be older Laurie like he looks young enough to be young Laurie and therefore does not look old enough to be old Laurie. Yeah, but n- do any of them like really separate between being older and y- younger? Because even, um, you know, I think any of the characters. I don't know. Just Timothy Chalamet was the one where I noticed it and it bothered me. <laughs> I suppose what it is is... They all looked like grown-ups pretending to be teenagers. Timothy, like when they were doing the childhood and teenager scenes, Timothy Chalamet looked like a child pretending to be an adult, which really breaks your immersion in the like scenes where they're adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. I loved the structural stuff she did though. I think that was genius. That was a really good way of adapting the book to film in a way that made it like an engaging, complete narrative. I think she did a lot of good Mm. stuff. I just... Oh, I think it was one change too many in a direction I didn't like, you know? That's fair enough. That's that's fair that we have different different differing opinions on the film. Mm-hmm. Because I think that is a gonna be a common theme when people talk about their favorite book adaptations, is that it it's not gonna suit everyone. And when it comes to a book adaptation, it it has a certain vision to it like Mm. it's a certain translated vision and it's not going to be everybody's uh everybody's experience when reading the books yeah well I I think part of it is it's always yeah there's a layer of of someone else's interpretation layered onto a someone else's interpretation has been layered onto a piece of art that you know Mm. and that's always weird I think I'm really not practicing what I preach. I study translations. And the thing with studying translations, in my opinion, is you have to approach them as works of art in their own right. And I'm I'm now realizing I don't do that with films. <laughs> you know, I don't do that with, yeah, book, with film books made into films. I go in like, right, I know my piece of art. I know my mind. And I want you to give me exactly what I want. No mm. compromises. <sighs> Maybe I need to, yeah, I mean... I, I successfully disagreed with you without getting, you know, angry and ranty. So I'm obviously improving as a person. Maybe that can be, you know, a future Perhaps. project. Um, what do you think? But do you think that when it comes to book adaptations, do you think that should be a copy and paste situation or should it be actually an interpretation of the art and the experience that the director or the writer wants to add to that story? you can't copy and paste is the thing like I think if you try and copy and paste you're going to fail you have to take into account that this is a different medium and then I think you know that 
I think this is particularly the case with books being turned into movies because quite often in a book you will have mm -hmm. too much stuff in it to fit a um you know one normal sized movie which i think why is the book the series film versus series is a, is a is a good argument to have because so when you have to when you are adapting it you have to make structural changes and then it's just about whether you make the right changes that means that you don't accidentally cut out a huge key integral part of the story like for me one adaptation that i've seen that i think is genuinely better than the books is the fellowship of the ring now i've only read the first fellowship of the ring because i've finished the, i could i hated that book. <laughs> it was really hard to get through it was a slog i got to the end of it and i was like screw it i'm not reading 2000 return of the king i've seen the movies a thousand times i'll just watch that because for me what works about fellowship of the ring in the movie is that jackson cut all of the excess material he streamlined that story down to a core narrative he focuses in on the characters and he takes you through it in a way that reduces all of the tolkienness that's going on around you in a way that for me is a much better emotional narrative i can connect to the characters in the films in a way that i can't connect to the people in the book because they're drowning in world building and it's just like you, you have to pick which one you're doing. Stay in a lane. And, and for me, that's why mm. that first movie works better than the books for me. He's not writing fiction. He's writing a work of speculative philology and tricking you into <laughs> reading it. Exactly. And it's like, it's fine if, you, if you're into that, but when you're like, there's actually a narrative and all of this other stuff is getting in the way, you're like, Can you please just focus on one or the other. But I also think, I think Faithful isn't, actually possible in the way that some people think it is i think if you cut and paste you don't end up with a faithful adaption you end up with the lowest common denominator of your own interpretation i think it's impossible like partially because like you say of the change in mediums and the constraints on length but also because it's just fundamentally a different medium with different requirements and so if you try and pretend that you can do a faithful adaption what you end up with is an ill-considered adaption. You know what I mean? An adaption where you've pretended like your choices were actually f fidelity to the original. But that doesn't mean you can't do a really close adaption. Especially, I think you're right about TV shows having more space to sort of be faithful mm. to a lot of it. Have either of you seen Good Omens? Yes, but I haven't read the books. But I did, I have seen the first are there two series of it now no you haven't. haven't okay but it's not i out. haven't it's just... they're, they're making okay. a second series okay yeah i've you seen the, both love the books and you would both love the series I, I i promise you yeah so it is like entire paragraphs are lifted from the books they they did so many things but they also they sort of it was Neil Gaiman, who was one of the original authors, was one of the writers. And I think that really helps him because he was able to, he was able to sort of um, glue together the dialogue from the book where appropriate with new things and it fitted stylistically. Mm. And he was also able to, the, the, the third episode, I think it is, is basically an entirely new thing. It wasn't 
there are mentions of the things that happened in that episode in the books, but the third episode is basically all new material. Because I think Gaiman and his co-writers recognised what they could do with screen that they couldn't do with books. Mm. And so it's weird because it's got this huge new chunk in, but I think also a lot of people think of it as a really faithful adaption. And that's partly because, you know, it will just lift dialogue where it can. But also partly because it's faithful to the sort of the heart and soul of the original thing. Good Omens is just a cult classic book. Like, so many people love it. And so few people were disappointed with the TV show, which is basically a miracle, in my opinion. Mm. And I think you kind of hit on something quite important about, like, being true to the heart of the material, because that's very much the case of what I found with, like, BBC's His Dark Materials, in where, like, there's often a lot of emphasis on does the characters look like the book characters? That show does not give a shit about any of the character descriptions. They were like, we'll just cast whoever Mm -hmm. we want. We don't care. Um, But the thing is, is that all the characters feel like themselves. And I think in some ways that kind of did actually somewhat change my kind of thoughts on exactly do you need that? For me, it's now a lot more important. I think if you feel like the spirit, you've got the spirit, that's more important than having like one for one fidelity, if that makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, I, I also want to ask, because I think that sparks an interesting topic because with his dark materials, we had a film that was released with Nicole Kippen, I think in 2007, I want to say 2006-2007 ages ago and that was the first book and it was uh, The Golden Compass but that didn't do well in sense like it didn't translate the story of his dark materials very well in that format of a film and then it became a series and it just did it so much better than the films did even though the films were very high budget Mm. you know had great actors in it but it just didn't translate well and what did you what do you think about this trend of more books becoming series because I don't really think there was that many books as series unless they were murder mysteries and then suddenly kind of the spark in Netflix (laughs) more books are becoming series yeah I think it's part of a prestige tv trend when we were kids tv wasn't like a a thing in the way that films were and so the more sort of high that might Mm. be game of thrones might be what kicked that off as like book series into prestige (sighs) television sometimes I forget that game of thrones is books oh yeah it might have been actually I've never seen or read Game of Thrones. So. And the fact that the series was ahead, had to be ahead of the books because it had gotten yeah. to that point of just like a cult fandom that mm-hmm. was pressuring the writers to be like, please just finish it so we don't yeah. have to wait for the books to be released and then you do the series. So I think it's interesting because the obvious benefit of a TV series yeah. is length, right? But I think comparing, and, and Sophie, uh, Sophie can talk more about this than I can, comparing uh, the Lord of the Rings films to the Hobbits films teaches us that more sort of screen time 
really isn't everything, you know? I mean, whose idea it was to look at The Hobbit and was like, three movies. Yes, this book has enough material. It's just, it, it's about what you add and what you choose to add, I think. Like, I also, so The Hobbit is just a complete disaster from start to finish. The first movie is possible. The third movie is just a complete <laughs> hot mess. Like, it's a travesty. It really is. Like, read the book. The book is good. I really, really enjoyed the book. I think it's why I ended up reading the Fellowship of the Ring. And obviously they're very different works because Tolkien isn't quite bogged down in his world building enough yet. That was very much a book that he wrote for his kids and it's very much focused on one chapter a night type mm. storytelling, which I think is really nice. Yeah. Um, so I think it's also about like what you add because I also had this problem with the Noughts and Crosses adaptation. Now they turned it into a series and it's a relatively short and simple book. So some of what but some of what they chose to add ended up really working against it. In particular, all the weird politics stuff they did with Seppi's dad, because it was just a cul-de-sac, it went nowhere. Mm. And it's like you have to add very carefully, otherwise you can end up accidentally working against yourself, mm. I think. I want to suggest uh, a fun game or a sort of meander. I don't know. Um so we all grew up. Uh, we were kids in the early 2000s, a, a sort of a really a golden age for awful, awful adaptions of books. <laughs> so I was wondering, do we just want to list some crap adaptions and agree how terrible they are? Oh, yeah, let's do it. OK, I'm going to start us off. Mm -hmm. Percy Jackson. Oh, now, oh, now yeah. being made into a TV series and definitely a book with enough content yeah. for a TV series, yeah, and they're involving yeah, yeah. the author, which is I great. I came across, I came across the movie first, and that was awful because I saw that, and then I heard people talking about it later, and I was like, I, that story did not look good. So I straight up didn't engage with the books because I saw the movie and was like, that looks really bad. That was a really bad story that I was watching. Um, and I didn't listen to the audiobooks until like very recently, which mm. I definitely think a series much better for that style. Also the style, it's like a road trip book. Yeah. It works. The the set pieces would really fit really well into an episodic kind of structure, yeah. I think. Well, and also I think the other thing about that film is that they cut out the main villain. The, like the the overarching villain they they made the villain of the they, they didn't connect the story of that the, that book the story of that book connects up to the wider story of the percy jackson series and they didn't do that and then they tried to make a second film which terrible mistake because the first one was awful like but how do you continue the story if you cut everything about the first book that made it part of this anyway um, that's <laughs> you know what happens at the end of the second movie because it's no insane never seen it they you know the big bad that only shows up at the end yeah. of the fifth book yeah he shows up in the second movie Ooh. and they they destroy him Ooh. and it's like you can't just shortcut to the end of the story so i knew they weren't like, getting a that's third not film. How yeah um yeah aragorn Oh, oh god yes no, also. i remember when that came out oh my gosh yeah. i think i have that on dvd i god. mean alex I think I was looking forward to that one. is also responsible for the murder of alex Ryder. so is he in that is he in aragon 
pretty sure Alex Pettifer is Aragon. Maybe he's not. I thought he was. Maybe he's. I'm gonna hold on one minute. Oh yeah, no, maybe I don't remember who who all these people are. Don't know who I thought Aragon was actually. So, I mean, I would say you know what, Twilight's weren't that bad, but Breaking Dawn sucked. I don't think I the saw C- that one. Did- Wait, didn't they turn that book yeah, into two but movies? Yeah, the CGI baby. Oh, oh yeah, I have seen clips of that. That that was a I choice. Mean, on a, uh, and and the 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 war, and then it all being inside of his head, and literally you could hear the the cinema just go, "Are you kidding me? Are you serious?" <laughs> we just watched a half an hour fight scene. And you're like, oh, but it didn't happen. We just saw Carlisle's head dangling. And you just were like, yeah, but, you know, we're all going to reverse it later. What? Did you not see that? <laughs> I, I'd, my Twilight phase had ended by the time the Eclipse film came out. I never saw Eclipse. I never the saw thing, Breaking Dawn. Part one or two. I felt like I had to watch it. Yeah. I had to watch it. <laughs> oh, but speaking of bad vampire film adaptations, mm. Darren Shad. Did you guys no, know Darren Shad? No. I saw them in the library. Okay. I never read them. Oh, my brother read them and I basically read all the books on his bookcase yeah, too. Yeah, They're like weird, <laughs> weird. About, this is what you do when you have an older sibling and you love books. You just, when you finish one of your books, you just go steal yeah. theirs. <laughs> These um, books, they're my books now. Exactly. That, that, that was a weird vampire story that got very very strange it was one of those hit series of unfortunate events style books where it's like this book was written by a real person in universe had that that kind of authorial thing going on right i think they turned that into a movie that was completely awful as well good adaptation though series of unfortunate events very good film oh yeah it was a good film (laughs) i liked the film and it got me to read the books yeah, but I will say the Netflix series is better than that first film. It is, but I don't really like Neil Patrick Harris in it. I don't like him as Olaf. Unusual. I, I don't have that strong an opinion. I think it's because it's just random singing and I'm just like, mm. Yeah. Also, no one will ever be better at anything than Jim Carrey is, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. that's the, this is the thing, same yeah. problem that SNL had when they needed to find a new Biden. It's like, how do you do better than Jim Carrey? <laughs> also, speaking of Jim Carrey, great adaptation, The Grinch. Oh, such a good film. This is just Fantastic like a lightning round film. of good things, bad things. <laughs> yeah. But you also raised something really interesting, which is adaptations that get you to read an incredible book. Yeah. The Princess Bride. Oh. <gasps> Yes. Hey, that's a book. Yes, The Princess Bride is a book. It's an incredible oh, book. I've only seen the movie. <laughs> See, am I the person who forced you to read the book? No. Oh, but the book isn't... In- Have you read the book? No. <laughs> oh, you should both read the book. The book is incredible. The book is so good. And so the film is incredible. Uh, the Princess Bride. The thing with The Princess Bride is the film is incredible but they just don't try to do some stuff in the book that you couldn't do. Like there's a lot of 
complex narrative framing in the book and they made the right decision to just cut that out and focus on the story but you mm. need to read the book to get this incredible like complex narrative layered effect of because it's yeah anyway you both must read the book you know what i thought of you know how we were saying that books turned into films uh, books turned into tv series is a relatively new thing I have thought of the exception that proves the rule, which is also a TV series that is great, does great justice by the book and made me read an incredible book. Mm. The 90s Pride and Prejudice BBC series. I've not actually seen that series. I have only seen the 2005 Yeah, me too, with Keira Knightley. (laughs) Which feels like sacrilege, having like read the book, but like, yeah, to my shame, I have not watched. Oh, (laughs) Watch the BBC series. Didn't like the film. Didn't like the film. It's so much worse than the BBC series. Yeah, but it's not a bad film. Mm, I and think about the scene. You know the scene where he's like walks up and is like really (laughs) fluffy shirt and and it's wet from the morning dew and it's raining. You know what? That's ripping off the BBC version. No, is it? Yeah. No, the BBC. We don't see, I, I've at least seen the clip of Colin Firth, Colin Firth like, coming out of the lake. Coming out of the lake. Oh, is it with Colin Firth? Oh, it's Colin Young Firth Colin Firth coming out of a lake, like mm. dripping wet t-shirt. <laughs> wow. Which is why poor Colin Firth had to jump into a fountain in both Bridget Jones films. <laughs> or maybe just the second one, oh, I can't remember. That, is yeah. that... Oh, I see. Can I also, this is an interesting question that I've just come up with right now. Oh. What is a film you you wish was a book? Film I wish was a book. Can I tell you which one I would wish was a book? (laughs) Go for it. The Holiday. Oh, that's a good shout. I can see that. Isn't wouldn't that be such a great romance? Christmas romance book. Yeah. I have no idea what we're about. <laughs> Sophie, you've got a lot of homework out of this. <laughs> oh god, oh yeah, I watch like five films. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um I can't think of a film that that's a good example because you feel like a book could really expand on that in like a really cozy way, you know? Yeah. Whereas yeah. I can't think of any other films where I'm like, oh, you know. Just I, imagine the backstory you get of Kate Winslet and Jasper's relationship. Mm, yeah. No, What's that's her a name good in the, in the film? It's Kate Winslet. I just say Kate Winslet. Iris. 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 Yes. You're completely right. That book, that would make a great book. But do you remember, like the book of the film book companions type you know plasticky books i think that's the problem there are sometimes when a film comes out they'll make a book of the film but they're always not very good uh, that's true that's true yeah i'm really struggling to think of things that haven't been adapted from something like i feel like all the films feel like they've all been adapted from like whether it's like a comic or a book or something else that I'm just like what is an original film yeah it's an interesting question though because 
it's so easy to go oh that that book would make a great film but not a lot of films would make a great book yeah well now we're entering this era of so we're getting reboots <laughs> of everything yeah we're getting reboots of things that we grew up with like powerpuff girls Home and it's alone. like oh let's make that into a series uh no let's not <laughs> let's i don't know let's I think, let it be i think reboots have always been a thing and like you know they're not always going to be good but these yeah but it's happen. a waste of money get some originality yeah but aren't you saving money I, I think that's why they do it no they're doing it because they think oh this story's been done before and it's been done successfully and it's made money that time when they release it let's remake it and make more money because it's an easy cash grab but the thing is is that everybody's like yeah but I've seen that I want to see something where I don't know the story or it's been a really long time. Like Dune. Dune did have um, an adaptation ages ago and now it's having a new adaptation. I mean, I think we're sort of brushing up against the same thing that we've been brushing up against for this entire podcast, which is that there are no general rules you know what I mean? Uh, mm. What really matters is if you're adapting something, you have to both be true to the spirit of the original and and create a good work of art in its own right. Yeah. You know? Mm. The two components of an incredible adaption are a solid, like, grounded understanding in what's good about the original and a good like a good piece of art in its own right you know yeah and I think that's the same with books being made into films books being made into television shows uh, and even like reboots and repeats and remakings you have to be respectful of the original material but at the same time adding something worthwhile mm. Definitely. And that's my conclusion on uh, book adapt adaptations, adaptations, adaptions. Oh, either. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a great conclusion. I think it is a very subjective. Mm-hmm. Oh, obviously, always, yeah. yeah. Thing. Because we can walk out of the cinema and we can all feel very differently about the adaptation. Yeah, unless we watch the Percy seen. Jackson film. Yeah, then it's unanimous. Yeah um any any last words you would want to say about this topic do we have a wish list of books we want to see made into films I have a book that i think would make a great tv series i was thinking about the starless sea mm. think about it see i'm very hesitant see if someone said mm. they're making the starless sea I mean, you just saying that has just made my stomach go upside down. <laughs> it would have to be handled really carefully, but it could be great. Like, yeah. I feel like 
like it would probably the, the thing is is like i think it would make a, it's one of those books where i think like in concept it would make a great series but in execution they would probably fumble it but like in my mind i'm like it could be really interesting yeah. if you went like episode by episode like each you experience like a different story and then they it, like it slowly could. start yeah. intersecting if that makes sense it could be interesting but also it could go wrong so badly so quickly i think part of the problem is when you love something you don't want to see it done badly you know yeah do you know what book adaptation i'm really excited for Ooh, what daisy jones and the six yeah that well that i think is is interesting because it was it was it was a great book it was an incredible book but the medium was weird you know because it was yeah told as an oral history yeah but i think it was but that's i think that's something i quite liked about it because i could play it like a film in my head yeah but i think it's going to be a great film because the source material is very yeah. i think it's the right length for a good film and I think the source material is very cinematic, both in subject and in content. Yep. And the songs as well, actually getting to hear what the songs sound like. Oh, See, that songs, was something yeah, I was excited for with Hunger Games. And then they really butchered the song. And now they've made it into this pop song. And I hate it. I hate it so much. How do you feel about the Hunger Games books as a whole? I feel like you were the film, sorry. Because I know the you love the books, yeah. I think it was a very, you know, kind of the books are better than the films. Yeah, um, I would slot that into the same category as I would slot Harry Potter and Twilight, which is that the films came out at a very specific moment where everyone loved that thing. And so the films were successful, but in a very generic lowest common denominator sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we've all come away with that. Definitely feeling that it's a very subjective topic to discuss <laughs> book adaptations. Yeah. Yep. But I think we did very well. Nobody got heated. Nobody stormed off. Um... <laughs> Look at me when you say these things, and I feel like it's personal. <laughs> I. You're right, but. <laughs> anyway that concludes this week's episode we hope you enjoyed it and please tell us your thoughts and opinions either by reviewing which would help us out a lot um or yeah. by going onto our instagram at the book table podcast and telling us you know what you think and what your favorite book adaptations are what you think what films absolutely butchered your the books you love um and we will see you very soon on the next episode. See so, you next week. See you next week. Bye.